When he writes, is a leading financial therapist. She is the CEO of Financial Therapy Solutions. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thanks, George. I'm really honored and excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little about your personal life, more about your work, and why you do what you do. Mm. Well, if I tell you about my personal life, then I have to admit that my work supports my uh, mountain habit, I guess, because I'm in Colorado. I can see the mountains out my window. Um, I came here to ski for the most part, and then um, found that I love all the seasons here, but I grew up coming here to ski. I grew up in Memphis, so I'm sure I will drop y'all at some point or something that says, oh, where are you from um, there? But I grew up in Memphis and um, made my way here through living in a few other states. But um, And I've been a therapist for over 20 years and a financial therapist probably close to a decade now. Um, I was one of probably one of the first in a, in a small handful of us that started actually practicing financial therapy. And I love it. What do you love about it? Mm. I love the moments in session where um, people go from kind of this uh, about money to, oh, I can do that. Like their shoulders shift, their their breathing changes. Their um, you can just see um, the sort of the shame break up, um, and I get to witness it day after day after day. And then they start doing things um, with their money that they said this is impossible when we first started, and then they're doing it, and it's really exciting. This is impossible. I'm just not good at money. I bet you hear mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. I work globally. So um, it's also not country specific, the stress with money. Um, and I'm always really excited to work with people. It's all my practice is all virtual at this point. And um, I get to hear that from people from Australia and Europe and um, Canada and all across America. And uh, just talking about how stressful they feel money is. And then we start to crack into what that is. But um, I have created 10 principles of financial therapy. And one of them is um, that there's, I don't really see a such thing as bad with money, air quotes, quote unquote, bad with money. Uh, once we break out of that dichotomy, we can start to get some change. I'm uh, both glad and sad that people outside mm-hmm. of the United States also struggle right. with money. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Shame. Shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why Why am I so bad at money? I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. I have some and then I don't have any and then I get some more because I have a job, but I just mm-hmm. suck at it. I keep making the same dumb mistakes and I feel terrible about that. And that's mm-hmm. not healthy. Mm-hmm. Probably just causes people to do nothing. Well, yeah, it sure does. Or lose sleep or um, be stressed or or um, snap at people they love because they paid a dollar more for something than they expected. And then you don't know why you got so upset about it. It's like when we start to look at the um, mindset, the belief, and then I say things like, you know, um, a belief may or may not be a truth. And that is like shocking. <laughs> They're like, what? No, I'm bad with money or whatever their belief is. And we start to break it open, but it leads to a lot. It has a lot of implications in um, relationship to yourself and others. Mm-hmm. Just because I believe something does not necessarily make it true. I know, which is kind of 
encouraging and disappointing at the same time. I like to think everything I believe is true, but it's not. So, yeah. At this point in my life, I, I am fully, I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to find some of my thinking that is just backwards or flat out wrong or just a little bit mm -hmm. off. And I have an opportunity to, 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 to correct. But if I'm not accustomed to that, I bet people are more resistant. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, you know, I'm coming at this from a place of, um, well, principle one is approaching money with abundant, compassionate curiosity and zero judgment. And that in and of itself could take someone a year to drop the judgment. Like it can take months to drop the judgment. But as you drop the judgment, then we get to basically make friends with that belief. So if, if for instance, there's a scarcity belief, um, I believe you talked about scarcity in a recent podcast, kind of use that term. So your audience will be familiar with that. The belief is there's never enough. Okay. But if we look at that was a coping mechanism, it was a way maybe to manage hopes and expectations because you were neglected as a child or whatever it is. We want to come into that with compassion and curiosity and see, okay, how come, like, what, what was it doing for you? How does it, how does it help you now? And then for the most case in, in our adult life, we are at a place where we can begin to let that retire. That's kind of the way I, I frame it so that we can appreciate it. Thank you. And, and you can retire now and stop. So beating myself up and coming at it with extreme judgment and harshness mm -hmm. on myself for making the same dumb mistakes over and over again mm -hmm. versus compassion and curiosity. Mm -hmm. I dislike the term hold space and create space, but that's that's <laughs> that's what we need. We need to give ourselves the grace to have that mm -hmm. space to question and be curious about these things as opposed to mean yeah. to ourselves. Yeah. 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 Because you're just shifting your relationship to it. Like the way I describe relationship is it's, it's like a loop, a thought loop, you know, cause somebody may say, well, often I'll ask, what is your relationship to savings? And they will laugh and say, Oh, I don't have one. And I'm like, well, there you just defined it. Single. The loop of, I don't have any, uh, a relationship to savings is why you don't have savings. And then that comes back to you and it, and it moderate, I mean, motivates behavior. So even though you might say you don't have a relationship with something you do in that you're, you know, maybe you're avoiding it. Maybe you, um, and I, honestly, George too, I find people's relationship to savings is often a symbol of their relationship to themselves. Hmm. And once we start to crack into that, it's beautiful. Tell me a little bit more about that. And then, this, well, the savings will start to grow because essentially, um, often this is happening for someone who, who, and I'll use the phrase hold space since you already pulled it out there, um, who has trouble holding space for themselves in their life. Okay. Sometimes this is commonly known as boundary issues, but that's an overused word too. So we think about how do you hold space for yourself? And then I'll ask, um, when you have money in savings, whose money is it? I don't know if you feel brave enough to answer that question, or if you think about what your audience might tend to say, if you have money in savings, who's, whose is it? Well, it's, it's mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people will say, um, I don't know. So if you don't know, then it becomes fair game for whoever presents the best problem. Huh. So therefore why put money over there? 
because you're just going to hear people's problems. And every time someone has a problem and they say, oh, I need this, but I can't afford it. You've got to give them that money. So once we start to look at what's the loop here, who owns the money? Um, can you hold space for someone else's? Because if you're holding savings, you have to hold space for someone else's discomfort, for instance. So as you begin to shift out of that and understand you can have and they can take care of themselves, um, it, then people's savings account begin, begins to grow. I find that to be fascinating. It, 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 it makes a lot of sense. So it's... It's, 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 it's that I don't have clear boundaries that just because now somebody's aware that I have put some money together and I've been able to get ahead financially when they come to me with their problems and they need money does not mean that it's because it's not theirs. This is my money and I'm not obligated to give it to them. So there's that. Is it also a self-worth issue that I'm not worthy of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because if you are, uh, especially like, let's go back to if you're bad with money. So if you're quote unquote bad with money, any money you have in savings, you are going to blow. You're going to mess it up. So why put it there? Hmm. You know, it's like pre-deciding you're going to get an F on your report card. Well, why show up for class? (laughs) You know, like just skip it because you're going to get an F. Like, um, and so there's a lot of things. So what some of the interventions that I'll use, depending on the client and what they're working on is maybe we'll just start putting $10 over there week to week. And then we'll talk about, I'll have them journal. What's a thought? What's a feeling as you do this? Or if they tend to be very, um, depending on if they're really rigid with numbers, I'll have them pick a, a random number because they need to break out of any rigidity. So maybe it's $12.82 this week, and next week it'll be $9.48. And that can really bug them until they figure out what it is that they're craving and the rigidity of wanting it to be $10 every week. So it's just me getting to know their story, them being able to um, sit without any judgment and talk through their money stuff, talk through what happens with each and every transaction, then we get to see where we want to work. Where do we want to expand and, and get more flexibility? Do you find, have you found, <laughs> I believe that boys and girls are fully capable of doing everything that that boys do and girls do. I think that we're all perfectly capable mm-hmm. of doing all of it. Do you have lots of men as clients or is it mostly I women? I have a mix. Um, I have a mix. It's more women than men, um, but it's also a mix of um, also of couples. And um, they find, you know, it's like they finally find a way. Again, they think it's impossible to have talks about money without fighting. And then we do some work on it. We figure some stuff out and then they will come back and be like, I can't believe this, Wendy. You were right. <laughs> I, we, we are not fighting. We've gone, you know, a month without fighting or whatever it is that the goal was as they start to look at that because because we got down to um, what was what was the meta communication they were trying to make through their money comments. Hmm. Yeah, so many layers to to all of this. Going mm-hmm. back to when we were kids and everything else, we've been carried around for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, is it is everyone capable of becoming financially successful? I think so. Yeah, I think so because. Um, it is um, not. It's not necessarily intelligence based, as right. it is like um, uh, once you recognize the mindset 
and then you learn, you know, it's, it's, it's looking at your learning style. That's a very important thing with money is appreciating your learning style and recognizing, I think there's kind of a common belief that in order to be quote unquote air quotes again, good with money, you have to be good with spreadsheets. And a lot of people get stuck right there because when I say the word spreadsheet, they just like their eyes roll back in their head and they fall down off their chair and they're like, "Ah, I can't do that. Ah. So we really want to come into that is not a validation that you're good with money. It just means you're good with spreadsheets, but what is their learning style? Maybe it needs to be on a big poster board with colors or whatever. So I'll have them do exercises, but I don't, I don't command how it's going to go. Like it's, it's really helpful to do a money timeline that can look like a lot of different things. Some people go right to a spreadsheet and they build it on there and they have it extrapolate and calculate. Some people do it on a piece of paper. Um, I, I do it both ways. So it just kind of, you want to learn it. you kind of go with your learning style. What do you mean money timeline? Ooh, well, um, it's really helpful. So let's see, how would I build this out? So a lot of money stuff, um, like apps and budget apps and things like that, spend a lot of time looking backwards. And it's been likened to driving, looking out the rear view mirror. I mean, not the mirror, the rear view window right? You're just looking at what happened. And usually all you can really do at that point is beat yourself up. So you're like, huh, well, that's, that, that was awful. So a lot of the transition that I'm making for people is looking ahead, driving, looking out the front windshield. Um, and so when we begin to do that, first of all, it's overwhelming. So I really break it down to where the person is, you know, therapy is a lot about meeting people where they are, but I'm a trained therapist and a trained money coach. So I bring in money coaching and then we look at it therapeutically and we see, because a lot of times what happens, um, I think you'd said this earlier too. Let's see if we get this phrasing, right? Like there's the, I should do this. And then I don't, or what happens often tell me if this has been your experience with people is spend um, like all day Saturday building this, filling in the blanks of this beautiful budget app with all the right colors and cool charts and all the things. And then you, it's like it just that part of your brain just fell out and you forget you even did it, or you do it for about a month. Usually it doesn't go more than 90 days. Usually it doesn't go more than 90 minutes, but often, and people who come to me are like, I've tried this one. I've tried this one. I've tried this one because, um, they are just, they're overwhelmed. So we want to break it down to what works for their brain and where they are. And that's where the therapeutic part comes in. So if they're ready to do a budgeting app and they're good with it, fine. But most, most of the time people who are struggling are not. So I have different exercises while bringing them in. So one of them is a money timeline. So instead of trying to build a spreadsheet of all your numbers and accounts and everything, we just draw a line across the paper. And then we look at, okay, like if you're 30, what do you want to have happen in your money life when you're 65 or 70? And then at this point too, they'll say, well, I'll just keep working. And I'll say nicely, you know, compassionately, let's make a backup plan just in case you can't keep working at 68, you know, but as long as I'll just keep working as the retirement plan, nothing much happens. Right. Does that make sense? hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. So we just drop it on the map. I might want to retire at 68 or pick a number, you know, kind of like that. And, um, and if they, you know, if there's a lot of resistance to retirement, then we'll look at, okay, well, let's just have two plans because a plan is only as good as the adjustment process. That's another one of my principles. I can't remember if I said that yet. So we look at that. We're like, okay, you have two options here. Either way, how would you like to have X million dollars in the bank? 
let's say you're 68 and you're still working, but you want to take some cool vacations or whatever. Like, so just getting them to own the future. So maybe when they're 40 and we just kind of drop in, I start with five to 10 events because again, we don't want to get overwhelmed. And then they start to do this and they start to feel the future and they start to own their future and things really start to change in their thought process. Super powerful. I love, uh, we are fortunate to have wonderful technology and apps and mm-hmm. programs and spreadsheets and programs mm-hmm. that have apps and spreadsheets built in and everything else mm-hmm. and chat GPT yes. and blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't mean that it's right for me. I'm maybe somebody who wants to get out a pen and paper and write or draw, or mm-hmm. maybe I want some crayons or whatever. It's the most yes. effective thing is whatever's going to actually work and, and be sticky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sustainability when it comes to money management is the like one of the most important things. And that is one thing that's often overlooked because, you know, we come in with this, I should know how to do this attitude. And it's not true. There's no should about knowing money. There is no should about knowing money. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Oh, yeah. Um, I am at financialtherapysolutions.com. So if you just go there or you Google Google Wendy Wright Financial Therapy, most likely you will end up where I am. Um, Financial Therapy Solutions, I have programs and courses. And um, right now there's a free uh, downloadable intentional shopping exercise that takes you through just about three or four minutes of some breathing and some journaling before if shopping is a challenge for um, for someone, it can be really helpful. And it just begins to show them how dropping in some mindfulness to um, shopping can be helpful. Um, and so, and then Instagram, LinkedIn, all those things too, just um, you will find me there. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Wendy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to financialtherapysolutions.com and check out and take advantage of all the great resources that Wendy has worked to put together. And uh, we are always shopping, but certainly around the holiday season, it's a good time to remind ourselves or to inform ourselves or learn for the first time what a little bit of mm-hmm. mindfulness, how that can benefit uh, benefit shopping and everything that goes along with that. So financialtherapysolutions.com. Thanks again, Wendy. Yeah, thanks, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.